Welcome to the Buried Gems Podcast, where we dig through internet literature to try and find the next big thing. Do y'all preferred puffed corn or corned puffs? I had to think for like eight seconds and be like, that's a good question before I was like, what the fuck is puffed corn? You know, the corn that's been puffed up. Oh, of course. Have you ever had sharp corn before? Sharp corn? This is a thing. I'm not crazy. You're crazy. I was stabbed with corn outside of a nightclub in Bedminster. Really? No. <laughs> you fucking moron. I, I love the immediate... <laughs> You didn't try to bullshit me for a little bit. You're like, I was stabbed with corn. Like, what? <laughs> My rule is no and. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you're in a bar. No. And my, my 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 rule is no and also no. So I kind of go back and eliminate something we already established as well. Yeah. Shut down the initial premise and then also shame someone for previously bringing up a premise that was not as good as it should have been. Yeah, just be like, oh, no, 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 I'm not at the hospital. And no, you're not a lawyer, you idiot. You're in a, the democracy center right now in an old room in the back. And we're no, both no, Just horses. never establish any, okay, maybe I am crazy. I know, I fucking know I've had sharp corn before. It was just corn and each kernel of it. They're still called kernels when they're when they're not like for popcorn, yeah. 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 Until they uh, rank up to lieutenant. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a military rank that was joke, good. everybody. That was I can very see the subscription numbers <laughs> dropping, plummeting. <laughs> so wait, is it just like corn that's hard? No, no, it's just corn, but each of them has a point on it. And it's like, for it to, for to be not eaten by animals. But I think I am insane. No, I wait, can't find I think I'm seeing a picture? No, that's just, no, that's just corn. Like an anti-rodent corn trap? Are you thinking of like candy corn? I'm seeing a picture of that, it's kind of pointed. I'm not thinking of... Like a studded leather choker, but for corn. Oh, I found it. I found I found the sharp corn you're talking about. Actually? Okay, good. I'm posting it to the chat. Please. It's very sharp. I, I don't know why. that I was being, that I had been gaslit. Or I was being gaslit. I've only dealt with dull corn in my life, so uh, I'm probably so curious. You're a bit of a dull anything. boy if you have only had dull corn. I mean, what is this? Yes, so yes, exactly. It's, it's this very shit. sharp. It's uh, something else. For the listener, search pointy corn <laughs> Google images. Then it's the second image. <laughs> but it's very, very sharp. It looks yes, fucking bad precise. to touch. <laughs> yeah, I always didn't like it. It looks, it doesn't look like you should eat it. No. It's almost certainly. like a pine cone. Maybe it just is a pine cone. And there's some far, some very stubborn farmer who's like, nope, corn. <laughs> it's corn, Sir, guys. Came off a pine tree. Nope. I'm a corn farmer. <laughs> I grow corn here. This is corn. <laughs> but you know who doesn't grow corn? 
are authors because they write stories on the internet and we find the biggest ones on Barry Jim's this podcast with two guests TR and Bob Yule. That's I'm one of those. Yes. Yeah, you see there Yay. we go, you know, that is who we are and what we do and that's our meaning to exist. Once we hit stop, this episode will never get edited. It'll never get published because we will all Thanos style disappear into the wind. You're yeah, listening really. to this live, baby. And so let's uh let's meet our brief existent guests, you know, we got here. So Hello. uh Bob, you are so we only have experts on the show. What are you an expert of? I'm a I consider myself a sexpert. Okay. Um but mostly of sharp corn, uh sharp vegetables of, of most varieties. I feel like this would be more dangerous for sex acts. That's correct. Um, it is uh, bad in a way. As a, as a as a sex bird, I could tell you it's bad because they're so sharp. Mm. That is the reason I'd expect them to be bad, actually. It makes mm. sense. Oh. Yeah. They have a lot of... Uh, do you recommend having a certified sex bird with you if you do want to, like, I don't know, play with some sharp corn? Yes. Yes, yes, I would. I, I put the Bob Buell stamp of approval on that. I'm going to say yes. Okay, so uh, you're you're a certified expert, right? That's correct. A uh, certified you, sex expert. So can you come over? Like next weekend? I got lots of this corn. That's so awkward because next weekend we were actually going to do some corn stuff, Bob. And we had, we had, I have like my, my Google to... calendar, my Google for short. Like we had a lot of corn related activities, I mean, uh, me and TR. Uh, okay, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, like you know, steal y'all's thing. I just like you know, I just figured. No, no, it's a, it's, no, just, it's, a, it's a nice, you know. I, I brought you on my show. Like, I gave you all this is platform, all, but... and now you're not doing sex corn things with me. I knew the recording was gonna be like this. I knew it was gonna come out. It's fine. I can probably find another. I'm I'm in the big city. Uh, <laughs> any other things you're an expert in? Uh, no, that's about it. <laughs> hey, that's that's what I got my bachelor's in. You know, that's what I'm gonna ride out. Nice, Tr. You've been on before. Are you still an expert in casual game experiences? Yeah, I think I was. I was an expert in casual gaming. Yeah, uh, which is the one kind of gaming I cannot do. <laughs> uh, and I was an expert in deception, I believe. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I haven't gotten any less good at those things. Okay. For sure. So it's been an uphill battle. Yeah. I mean, it has, you don't have to sort of bring that up, but yeah, I guess it has kind of been an uphill battle in well, a I way. Well, I mean, just, just, you outright told us you're an expert in deception, which I, I yeah. remember last time almost fooled me, but our other guest, Mare's Nest, was pretty quick to catch on to the problem there. I did also say later that I was an expert in honesty as well. So oh, there's some point. conflicting stuff there. Duality, you know. The duality of lies. Yeah, it's the duality of Stan. Whatever. Do you, do you guys stand anything in particular? Other I, than I don't get Stan. I had to have it explained to me. And when I got it, I felt like a fucking moron. Because <laughs> I was like, Oh, it's just liking something. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, why does it feel like it? Ha why? It 
it that it feels like there's more to it than that, but it's just liking something. It's just no. the next digivolution of the word fan. It's just the next level up, and I don't understand. I don't fully understand it. That said, yes, I am a stan of many things. Okay, so like, Stan, are you a stan of Marsh? How dare you? I mean, I had to ask. It's he's he's the talk of the town. He's the, he's the talk of the town. Stan Marsh. Stan Marsh. You know, I'm gonna vote for him. I got him all lined up, but I had to make sure everyone else is cool with that here. You know, you do have that poster in the back that says Stan Marsh for City Council, and I didn't want to mention it. Yeah, and that's not. Yeah, and it looks like that's a dick pic of him. That's that's one of his. That's super weird that you have that. Because I don't think there's been any. There's there haven't been any like leaks or anything. Mm -mm. So you just have that. No, yeah, I um I snuck into their campaign offices and I stole it. But that's just because I I stand the marsh, and I have to get knee deep in that marsh. I have to know that my support runs all the way through its green goopy. Uh, bogs. Uh, you know? Bad verbiage there. Horrible. Hopefully our story doesn't have bad verbiage. Uh, this guy. Transition king. Look incredible. at this. So the story, we have two stories today. The first one we're going to read was written by Anne McLeod. And here's a little blurb I have of, the st- of Anne. Hmm. Uh, so hopefully, you know, this will give you a little a little, you know, taste of what Anne's like. Interesting. Normally we read the bios, but this one isn't written by Anne. It's written by someone else. Ooh. Anne McLeod is young, blonde, attractive, and is married to Bert Filler, whose story, Blacktracked, immediately follows this one. Which information... <laughs> which information will in no way prepare you for the domestic but decidedly unromantic tale that follows about Mr. Bates and his wife Millie and a house in the country that needs a little fixing up. Such houses have a way of taking more than they give. As for the flyers, fillers, they are the residents of Manhattan have no plans for moving. So does that give you some information about Anne? I mean, I guess. <laughs> I think if anything, it creates more questions. So we know like... that she's young, blonde, and pretty. Mm-hmm. Sure. And married to a guy. Yeah. This fe- it feels I it feels weirdly. It both feels like misogynistic and progressive, you know, in like the, you know, like the fucking, oh yeah, you know, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama's husband, like that kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, But at the same time, like still defining her. So she's not defined by who she's married to. In fact, he is defined by who he's married to. She is still defined by the fact that she is young, blonde, and pretty, though. Yes, and I would argue that most biographies of men in short stories they write don't start with, he was tall, swarthy, and handsome. I wish. I wish it did. Because I can't get a picture I mean, in my head. They always end actually, up looking kind of like really monkfish, does you know. depend on what you're reading, because there are a lot of books that do definitely do that. <laughs> I need to know precisely how swarthy my authors are before like, i get into that book like are my, they like a pirate uh, you know freshman oh for authors oh no 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 i thought <laughs> you just meant for characters no for authors i mean they have a picture of them as well but it's mm. 
fucking imagine like like a written out description of Shel Silverstein on the back of a Shel Silverstein <laughs> book of just like this guy, holy fucking shit, you gotta see this guy. Oh my god. Jesus. Yeah, and he's married to someone, I guess, but fuck me, look at his eyes. Oh god. <laughs> dude, he like wrote some poetry or something, but like, dude, he's fucking He's getting me turned a little bit. You know, I'm gonna I'm yeah. finna act up looking at this book. I'm standing for Shell. I'm looking I th- I'm, I'm looking probably, for Shell. Yeah. A Shell Silver stand. Nice. When I first moved to New York, you know there's a big Barnes and Noble um in Union Square. Mm-hmm. Uh it's like four stories or whatever, which is twice as many stories as the Barnes and Noble they have back home. I was like, holy shit. So me and my friend Esther went there. To find some gay books. So we were, I don't remember why, but we were just like, man, I bet, I wonder if we can find gay, well, not gay books, but specifically gay porn. Like, man, we want to see, like, I bet there's some really awesome, fucking cool gay porn there. And there wasn't any! In the old four stories? The closest we could find was some implied cuckolding. Oh my god, dude. Which is so fucking fucking lame. They, They had, the one thing they had was they had, like, the novel of call me by your name that doesn't count but that's not they just porn, it, it had just like, been made into no. a movie and it wasn't in the porn section hmm. uh but a bunch of women there they see these two like what we were like 18 or 19 then like weirdly fashionable because we dressed up for it like <laughs> you gotta you gotta, you gotta like go children of course, we, 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 well, yeah, I don't remember why we dressed up, but we were, we were fucking on point. Oh, I remember why, because we were shooting a video for season two of my Instagram. That's what it was. <laughs> we were shooting a promotion for season two of my Instagram. I love those words. Which I have now believe I have abandoned, I have generally abandoned the whole season thing. Like, it doesn't. I don't even think that video is still up. What do you mean season up. of Instagram? Yeah, and so it was the, for the season premiere of season two. <laughs> dude, uh, dude, freaking, uh, my friends only bought 36 posts this time, so I'm going to have to keep a light season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the budget's low. We don't have one of the people. Yeah, uh, we got to keep it to eight episodes, you know. <clears throat> it's... Now, it's, now it's getting filmed in New York instead of L.A., <laughs> that's a big change but a, a bunch of women who like go there to you know like find erotic books and whatever were really intimidated and like there was no way we could communicate to them of being like no we're not judging you this is fine like, like come we're by we're not making fun of name. these for being porn <laughs> we're making fun of them for being straight <laughs> this is it's just, you can browse your books and like they were fine browsing in front of each other, but they were like these children are going to they're going to make fun of us for <laughs> for, for 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 our sexuality. It's like no, we read your porn. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> That's not our issue. Our issue is that none of this shit is gay. <laughs> yeah. And on from that. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what what was I. I don't remember what we're ta- why we're talking I about. Oh no! It's that just she's the pretty and thing. young. The author bios in that were fucking crazy. That's what it was. <laughs> the author that bio. Was, that is was where weird. I was going. Was we know that she's prettier or young, and they mentioned her 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 husband's story, and that yeah yeah. So 
I guess it tells us. Because this story is called Settle by Anne McLeod, published in the fan- in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, June of 1968. Wait, 1968? <laughs> yeah, June of 1968. See, I got a little book here. <laughs> oh, man, that's a, what a cover. Yo, yeah. that's tight. All right, so this is... Is that Wizard of Oz? What? That Wizard of Oz, look at it. It's got a little road. It's got a big fucking face. Oh, it does kind of look like the Wizard of Oz. It's got like Zardoz vibes. Yeah. So I think 1968 kind of explains the author blurb. I mean... That it immediately jumped to <laughs> what the husband does. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then it focused on how she pr- how pretty she was. Of but, course. you know, maybe she is very pretty. I mean, yeah, sure. Probably. I don't, I, I, it doesn't, I don't fucking care, though. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Yeah, how was, how was the book? You know, it's kind of boring, but the author is this freaking smoke show, so. <laughs> God. Like well, okay, just keep it, keep it in your minds as you okay. read the story that she is, in fact, Young, blonde, and attractive, and mm-hmm. that her she's married to Ben Filer. Fuck yes, this is some self insert shit, like like <laughs> like in the Mommy's Little Gamer episode. <laughs> you think so? This is some. I'm I'm extremely excited. That's my favorite shit. Okay, so this is subtle. Mister Bates and his wife Millie, short for Millstone, Mister Bates often said to himself, bought a house in August. They were sweating. The present owners were sweating. The house itself was crackling out in sun blisters. Only the real estate agent remained cool. He was a husky, handsome chap. A singer before I turned to the calm of country life, he noted modestly. After touring the house, which everyone agreed could stand a little fixing up, the agent led Mr. Bates and his wife Millie to a stream behind the house, edged on the far side of a small thicket of mosquitoes and on a near side of a patch of scuffed dirt surrounded by a toppled tricycle. I feel like I'm there. <laughs> Dude. Sounds awful. <laughs> just a swarm of mosquitoes and fucking just dirt. And he's like, "Yeah, but you got an overturned tricycle." I mean, that's you can you can flip that. You can flip that thing right over. Exactly. <laughs> and then you're gonna ride it. Then you got yourself a regular tricycle. Things are looking up right away from those uh, nasty mosquitoes. You know. <laughs> then you've got yourself a regular tricycle. Just put a little work into it. Come on, don't buff it out. Flip it over. Wambo bambo. You got a tricycle. I saw, you know, I got HGTV, I get it. Don't think of this as, a, as an upturned tricycle. Think of this as a tricycle that's been upturned. Okay, yeah, no. So you can think of it the first way, I guess. <laughs> a real buy, he told them. You really must snap it up. Mr. Bates bought it, and they moved in on September 9th. A week later, he returned from his job in the city about 7 Standing outside in the driveway, looking up at the house, he became frightened of the fact that it was his. It seemed to be caving in on him. The window seemed on the verge of melting, bright red and molten. The screen doors was alive with wire hands. He stood there till his wife came from the back of the house. Henry, I didn't hear the car. I've just been down to the stream, and I think we could really... Henry, is it your liver again? Come along, I'll fix you a nice glass of milk. In the kitchen... Thick with the smell of paint from half-empty cans, he drank lukewarm milk. The refrigerator hadn't come yet. As he swallowed, wincing, a strange tingling came to the small toe on his left foot. He knocked it against the table leg. My toe's gone to sleep. His wife was opening a tin. The man called today about the stove. If we can just finish painting tonight, then we can move it in. Mr. Bates took off his shoe and crossed his thin leg over his knee. It's, it's hurting a little. Perhaps I... 
And I think we could tear Millie. What is the milk sour? He tore off his sock. My toe's gone. Fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a twist. I did not Hell see this yes. toe thing coming. Body horror. See, because I was, I was completely reeled in to like, wait, where did they get the milk? Why do they have milk with no refrigerator? <laughs> but then the toe comes in. And she got like... it from the stream, obviously. She milked a salmon. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bates, I got you some salmon milk fresh from the stream. There you go. Also, I don't appreciate the fucking... Short for millstone, and I was like, "That's fucking weird." And like, he always said in his head, "Oh, so he's just sexist." <laughs> awesome, sick. He's not That's only actually really cool, and uh, it's cool and tight. Actually, I think <laughs> not only sexist, but canonically has very thin legs. <laughs> yeah, I love that legs. shit too. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> he takes his thin, spindly little leg and realizes so right his toe now, is gone. To right now, space. he has thin legs and the realtor was hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, think, hope, I hope there's cuckolding in this. And he loves warm milk. He does love a good lukewarm milk. It helps his liver. They started his white foot. The second toe longer than the first. The small one replaced by a puckered blister. Around them, the house creaked and bent, although there was no breeze. A dog barked in the neighbor's lawn. Mr. Bates was sleepless that night, reaching down to feel where his toe had disappeared, half hoping it would come back. It, uh, uh, um, it just jumps to that night? Wait, what the fuck was her response? What the fuck did they do? What did they, what happened? I was like, toe's gone. Oh, you know, it'll probably come back in the morning. Also, I like that what he was only fuck? half hoping that it would come back. He's like, oh, well... Actually, it's kind of nice not having. I've been trying to get rid of these last two pounds, so this will <laughs> this will make some headway on it, you know. After an initial burp of surprise, oh, okay, it, it says what her reaction was. Okay, good. Millie good. had not been too concerned. You're always jaywalking. I told you not to cross on the red, and she snored beside him with her ha- mouth half open. But I don't remember. You probably had too much to drink one night. Remember last Friday, just after we signed the papers? You didn't come home till all hours. It must have been happened then, and you just didn't notice. So drunk you don't realize your toe is gone for days. Your toe is your toe has been reduced to a blister. <laughs> oh shit, it's a crazy night of drinking. I just Listen, we've all been there, you know. Yeah, you, know, you come <laughs> back. A couple too many. You have another week and a half with your wife, and then you realize, hey, I don't have a toe anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's why I don't have arms. <laughs> I just woke up one day. It like, took me a week. I was like, wait a minute. I normally pick up things. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's. I can't open the door to my my. My fucking room. You know what? Now that I think about it, I did go to that half price half price margarita night at Chili's a couple weeks ago. <laughs> probably where I lost the arms. There is a fucking there is a there is a place. It does not have a sign with its name on it, but there is a place I'm sorry, just really quick. <laughs> there is a place, it's called like it's called like it's like twelve dollars. For 12 shots, yes, we're serious. 
god. That's, that's the name of the establishment. That is, I don't think that's the name of it, but that is the only sign they have out front. <laughs> Brilliant. It's just called $12 for 12 shots, yes, Well, because no one's going to believe them. <laughs> you just say $12 for 12 shots, like... As soon you, as they walk in the door, 12 shots? Where do you think you are? No, of course not. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> get out of there. But the sign said, no, no, no. Let's get out of here. You, what, you think we're crazy? The actual name of the bar is Gaslighters. <laughs> <laughs> that's a load-bearing sign. We couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> we, that's, that's the load-bearing sign? Obviously that's not real. No. It's from a bullet. Is that what that says? Room. I actually never read it. <laughs> It's just got a white noise. I just walk in. I work That's here. from the last it. place. This is a tutoring facility. <laughs> we can teach your kids Mandarin if you want. I mean, I was coming in for the 12 shots, but this seems pretty good. So, yeah, I'm going to I mean, we up. can also give you shots. <laughs> yeah. Just but not for, for $12. $12. It's twelve fifty. Fifteen dollars $15 for 15 shots. It's the same rate. <laughs> The minimum is higher, though. Yeah, you just gotta, you gotta get drunker. You gotta be able to lose a fucking toe. <laughs> gotta get so drunk you lose a toe and don't realize for a friggin' fortnight. <laughs> the next morning, she woke him early to connect the garbage disposal. Mr. Bates worked at it with blurred eyes, pulling his robe around him to keep out the chill and drinking quantities of coffee from the electric perk. Later... Bending forward and blinking his eyes to stay awake, he drove to work. His hands clapped tightly around the steering wheel. His whole foot was tingling, and his touch on the gas pedal was awkward. His shoe might his shoe seemed to bend in the middle. At work, he headed straight past the coffee wagon to the men's room, shut himself in a stall, and took off his cordovan and argyle. Half his foot was gone. The stump rested there on his knee like a smooth, fleshy doorknob. The <laughs> Mr. Oof. Bates panicked. He left word with the secretary that he'd be out that day for medical reasons and limped five blocks down to the avenue to the doctor's office. After the examination, the doctor recommended another medical man, a Dr. Forbes, and Mr. Bates thanked him and subwayed uptown. His foot was very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> just in case you were wondering, his foot was pretty awkward. By the way, I just had to point out there are two phrasings in there that would make for excellent band names and that's electric perk and coffee wagon both really strong Fuck yes Dude, I, i'd be down listening to coffee wagon coffee wagon like a math rock coffee my 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 ex-boyfriend left the coffee wagon shirt at my place <laughs> and he hasn't picked it up that's what coffee wagon is coffee wagon is a band that i can't listen to anymore <laughs> that's that is exactly what that band would be what floor is Dr. Forbes? He asked the uniformed doorman anxiously. The head shrinker? He's 32. Mr. Bates limped out of the building and into a nearby bar. He ordered a double martini, something he'd never had before, but knew from the movies. The bartender brought him a plate of cheese and onions. What the fuck kind of bar is this? Nice. At first, Mr. Bates ignored them, but after a few gulps of martini, he started gobbling hastily. You know, I've just lost half my foot. He told the bartender, fuzzily. Mr. Bates got drunk occasionally, but always with a group of friends, and never in the morning. You don't say. Got to work, and it was gone. Look. He tried to get his foot up over the bar, but it wouldn't go. He leaned on the back leg of the bar stool. Can't seem to... That's okay, mister. I believe you. How about making it home now? Uh, yes, home. Mr. Bates remembered the apartment. 
No, we have a house now. He winced and struggled out of the bar, bumping into chairs and staring at his half-eaten foot. Did I mi- wait? What happened with the? I was gonna ask the same thing. Well, yeah, why did he just actively not go to the doctor? <laughs> oh, I think because they sent him to a shrink. Yeah. Okay. okay. And he's so like, he I'm not crazy. Go. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I I would still go. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I don't think it's a mental issue. His Wait foot is gone. So did the doctor not even look at it then? <laughs> the doctor was like, that's what you're saying? No, no, no. You must be fucking crazy. That'll be $50, which is a lot of money back then. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You're saying your foot's gone? Mm, I don't need to look at that. You just fucking insane. People are always coming in here trying to get me to look at their feet, and I am fucking sick of it. You are sick, sir. I am. You're a fucking pervert. Yeah, I got a specialist for you. Yeah, go uptown. Yeah, thirty second floor. They'll deal with you there. Yeah. Absolute degenerate. Don't come around here anymore. I won't look at your feet. <laughs> this is the sixth person today to try to trick him into <laughs> looking at feet. I won't do it anymore. I'm sick of this town. He drove back early, about two, swaying across the white line and see- creasing a shrub in the driveway. Millie was asleep upstairs. He wandered through the house, kicking at the sticky dark floors, glaring at the crusted windows. The house was quiet. A wasp buzzed in through a hole in the screen and through a crack and hovered around the new crib. Mr. Bates watched it for a while, his small, slanted-down eyes moving around in circles. And then he went tiredly to the window and began taking the nails from the side strut. After an hour, he finished planting and puttying the planing and puttying the window, and it fitted smoothly. The wasp had disappeared. He walked across the hall to wake up his wife, and suddenly his shoe gave way from under him, and he was lying awkwardly on the floor. Propping himself up, he saw his shoe and sock fell away, like a doll without stuffing, and when he tried to stand up, there was a knob at the end of his ankle, and nothing else. His wife came, a- came out, sleepy-eyed and pregnant. Why are you laughing? It's nothing. My foot has disappeared. She stood in the doorway, her mouth open in a yawn, staring at his stump. Nothing at all. He hopped down the stairs, still laughing. After a minute, she came after him. Haney, we must call the doctor. I've been to the doctor. Would you like some hot soup? (laughs) Bad. Not a a great option, right? (laughs) Holy shit. This this book has the tone of like a weird children's story by someone with no kids. <laughs> it has the tone it has the tone of that fucking book of like, oh, the kid with no belly button. It has that tone. Oh you know that yeah. fucking book. Is George Lucas in that book? <laughs> <laughs> the kid with no belly button? I mean, George Lucas famously does not have a belly button. So. Well, that's why he did the Clone Wars. Exactly. Josh XY style. Oh, Kyle XY. Kyle, dang it! <laughs> I blew my reference. Fuck. <laughs> yes, the boy who lost his belly button. Wait, one second. Let me go down and wait. You, wait. Do you have a rabbit hole about belly buttons? You can fit a whole sharp corn kernel in there. If you just get it in there, I'm going to give it a good slap. Yeah. Turns an Audi to an Innie. I can confirm. This is, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, I think I'm going insane. Because what I remember from the end of The Boy Who Lost His Belly Button is that he meets George Lucas. <laughs> that-, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great ending. <laughs> is that he's like, 
he, he's going to everybody. And he's like, have you seen my belly button? And they're all like, no. And then he goes to, then he goes to someone and he's like, have you seen, uh, like, hey, ah, oh, man, I feel like a freak. And then the strange man is like, well, well, why, why do you feel like that? And he's like, oh, you don't have a belly button. And he's like, oh, well, you're special then. You could be, you're a character like in, like in my series, my Star, Star Wars. Wars movies. You're a clone <laughs> trooper. Wow. Maybe, maybe you're, you can be friends with Jar Jar. <laughs> So feel good about yourself. Come on, Boba. All right. Sorry for interrupting. I am going insane, I think. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like you're acting like Mr. Bates, you know? Things are falling off of you, and you just start laughing. Yeah. Takes it in stride. You know. Also, I do like how instead of asking what the doctor said, she just is like, oh, well, soup? (laughs) Maybe doctor meant something different back then. (laughs) Also, did they say she was pregnant, or is that like a turn of phrase for something? They, no, she they... said she was pregnant. Okay, that wasn't. It. That's a weird way to it... drop that revelation. Just uh... you know. Also, it's like a weird time to to like. Yeah, it's just a weird time to like bring it up. <laughs> it's not as if it's like you know. Oh, whoa! Uh, he he. Pans... Maybe that's where he's going. Oh. <gasps> This is like some reincarnation type thing. He's disappearing and appearing back into her womb. <laughs> <laughs> she she feels kicking, but only one foot so far. <laughs> she, she she it's crazy. She went from one not showing at all to being like having like a foot bump. Yeah. Ooh, girl, you got that foot bump. Oh, <laughs> is your man hobbling yet? Oh, girl, he's going to be a good son. Is he hobbling yet? (laughs) Would you like some hot soup? They bought the stove and the refrigerator in today, and if you could just connect them, Henry, whatever happened? She embraced him, then drew away. You've been drinking. Just medicinal. He hopped into the space... Wait, he hopped into a what now? <laughs> he hopped into the space behind the stove. Oh. The back of it spilled an accordion tube that wanted to curl around his leg. A wild trick tickled his nose. He turned, crouched toward the wall, and it stood blank and smiling. I'll have to make some connections, I guess. Henry, whatever happened? He looked up at her over the sto- uh, the back of the stove. An infection. They had to amputate. But then you said you should be resting, she said, looking around. Why'd it have to happen now? There's so much to do before they bring the carpets in. There's no pain. No pain at all, he said. All right. May I, you know what? Millstone, I think, is right. I think Millstone, I think Millstone is the good, is the correct name for her, actually. <laughs> I'm kind of. You think she's yeah, more of a Millstone like, than a Millie? We, we had to amputate, which is, like, not true. Mm-hmm. So it's just, a, I don't know. And, and just be like, ah, oh, man. Why do you have to get an amputation now? Mm. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Sorry I had to get an amputation. <laughs> you weren't thinking about me. <laughs> what about all- the carpets? We got all this lukewarm milk that needs refrigerating. <laughs> How are you going to hobble up a refrigerator, Bates? My mother was right about you. She said you were going to get an amputation. <laughs> they gave you half off for that amputation with your skinny legs nice (laughs) i guess he just thinks she's not gonna believe him because she didn't believe him about the toe and the doctor didn't believe him (laughs) 
Truly, no one believed. The bartender didn't believe him either. They just gave him cheese. And onions. (laughs) Yeah, cheese. What the fuck? Okay, what's going on in America in the 1960s? (laughs) Cheese and onions and a martini in the morning? Yeah, post JFK, everyone was eating onions like a (laughs) madman. Couldn't get enough of them. You know, cut up that onion, put on some American cheese. Serve it, look, serve, it, serve it lukewarm. <laughs> so bizarre. They had steak for dinner. Burnt. I'm just not used to the new stove, Millie said. But the inside's not bad, and the potatoes came out beautifully, don't you think? Henry nodded. I asked around about a boy to cut the lawn, but the money they want is unbelievable. If we could buy one of those sit-down mowers, I think it might be worth it. Millie swallowed a mouthful of corn. What infection did you have? Nothing important. (laughs) Great transition. (laughs) Nothing important. Henry mashed a piece of lettuce into his potato, then edged his chair around so he could see the wall of the house. It seemed to be splitting and falling apart. He looked up suddenly to the ceiling, which was bearing down. I need some air. He hopped out and sat in the grass. Behind him, the house was bulging pregnant in all directions, and he knew that if he turned around, it would be inches away, skinning the flesh from his ribs. If it, w- it was hard getting out of bed the next morning. For one thing, his whole leg was gone, and for another, he was hysterical. I wonder if those two things are connected in any way. You think, you think they might be related? Well, I don't want to make assumptions. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking this is leaning, and I I don't want to I don't know you know I'm 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 no I'm no Ann McLeod expert here, <laughs> but I'm thinking this is leaning toward like some morality play type thing. Like, oh, he goes to the bar every night. Next thing you know, you'll be having that, dissolving it, feet. <laughs> it feels like that, but it also does not feel like Millie is being framed as the right like nobody yeah. is the stand-in for moral purity yeah no which one is like seems to give I, a shit about his foot coming off yeah somehow yeah. every character is the antagonist yeah <laughs> even he character. is he yeah. doesn't seem which, to care you know what yeah. this is always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> everyone's the heel <laughs> there is not a a good a, a good anybody in this in this so far <laughs> Millie calmed calmed him with a towel. Uh, Millie calmed him with a cold towel after she gotten through her morning sickness. Here, I've done some bacon just the way you like it. Mister Bates lay in bed, dropping pieces of bacon into his mouth from great heights, splattering the pillow with grease. Okay, so he's having an episode. <laughs> he's just sitting in bed, leg gone, fucking just throwing bacon at the ceiling and letting it hit him in the face. God, okay. honestly. It's a vibe. <laughs> Honestly, I've been there. You know, I mean, it's just one of those days, you know. You just yeah. gotta get five pimples on your mouth before the day starts. Gotta whip a bacon at your chin. <laughs> <laughs> I called work and told them you were sick. How do you feel, dear? Don't eat that way. It's disgusting. I feel just fine, Mr. Bates said, laughing at a high pitch. As long as you have the day off, do you think, dear, you could plant grass next to the stream? You could just sit there and move around on your behind, scrape with the garden claw and throw the seed. This? I'm sure this story radicalized someone. 
<laughs> literally like, yeah, I know you got the day off because you lost your leg. But you know that this the grass, you just sit down, you claw it a little bit, and then throw seeds. It's not it's not that much work. Also, she's fine with the leg being gone. Everyone's just fine. Yeah, like, they're like, this is what happens. This is just what happens. Like, this is like, it's good absurdism, I guess. <laughs> it was October then and drizzling, but Millie provided a red-checked umbrella, which Mr. Bates held over his head while he edged around the wet dirt, scattering the silvery seed. It's going to be a lovely place, Millie said at dinner. But it's too bad what happened to your leg, Henry. Don't draw your hand up into your sleeve like that. It's not funny. It gave me a turn. Henry leaned back against the house, for which he felt a strange affection that night. You know, I like this place, inside of the fact that it's eaten my hand and my leg. It will be nicer, dear, once we fix it up. It's our first real home. So he reached out to squeeze his remaining hand. Still, I wish we could tear that wall down and make a really big kitchen. I love a f- those old-fashioned kitchens with the fireplace at one end and all those shiny things hanging around it. Do you think we could do it, Henry? Well, Henry examined the stump on his left wrist. It's a lot of work. He imagined a hook on the stump and thought philosophically of tearing it into the wall, diminishing it to curling threads of timbers and linoleum. He stayed away from his job for a week. And by the time he went back, he was just a torso. Assisted in <laughs> Again, what a fast forward. What a, what a just, what a time jump here. I this is this is baffling. <laughs> this is really I this story, this is a good fucking story. <laughs> this is this I don't know what to think. I'm so <laughs> confused emotionally. Yeah. Because I, I feel like there's a moral or a message or a something to come so out th- of this. Okay, because there, oh, there would have to be one, but only if he fucking cared at all. No one yeah. gives a shit. It's just... Like, n- the it's fact just... that it's, like, he doesn't care, like that's what's really fucking getting me, is that he does not give a shit at all yeah if he was the loner against everyone else who's just like oh it's nothing then that's typical like like twilight zone type scenario but like yeah so like nothing of emotional importance has happened so far like nothing no well he was kind of worried about the toe <laughs> yeah but now the toes that's toe's gone now the rest of his but once the doctor was like, like okay, dude good. you're supposed to lose half your foot overnight I'm sending you to a fucking crazy person, doctor. He was like, okay, I'm okay, guys. Actually, I'm just going to have a martini at 1130 with some cheese, and I'm all cool after that. Like, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to go to therapy. I'd rather just be a torso. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) That's the 60s for you. He stayed away from his job for a week. And by the time he went back, he was just a torso. Assisted in moving. Why did he go back? Also, why did he go back? What the fuck? (laughs) What are you going to do? Huh? You stay back because you lost your leg. You're like, oh, good. Well, now that I have no limbs. <laughs> I come of use in again. In the 60s, famously accepting of people with disabilities. <laughs> I'd say infamously accepting. Very easy to work. You know, everything in the office, it was made for quadriplegics. I think that's what he and realized. I'm you know, glad that limited folk now have the same opportunities. As as the ruling class of quadriplegics. <laughs> we had to fight pretty hard for our rights, but now us limited folk yeah. 
we can we can get the same jobs. Now cars are made for us as well. <laughs> it was a tough road, but you know, it was a yeah, tough fight. There wasn't any room. The ADA went a long ways for that. The Americans Without Disabilities Act. <laughs> Without Disabilities Act. Assisted in movement by two teenagers whom Millie had hired from a local temporary rental shop. So they just like found two bros at a shop and were like, yo, can you push this guy around? He needs to go to work. I would. They can't, just just for context, can't afford uh, a kid to mow their lawn. But two helper boys. To push him around. To just carry him, I guess. Cool. We, we budgeted for it. I do like the idea the that they're carrying him. Like, they have, like, one arm on each hip socket, and then they're like... I mean, nobody had come up with the idea of wheelchairs yet. No. <laughs> Wheel wasn't invented until 1975, I believe. <laughs> that is true. It was It was actually kind of crazy how how they were able to drive cars back then without it. Like, they're just so... That's why they're so bumpy. Yeah, it's like a Lego car. It's just like chunk, chunk, like chunk. you, you could pave for more like sides to the wheel, but they couldn't ever get to the limit of infinity like a wheel. You yeah. know, it's still like an octagon. Yeah. Yeah. They were you know. so dumb. I'll say it. They were fucking morons a little bit. <laughs> I'll build you a dodecahedron for your car, but what do you mean? A fucking round? circle? What are you talking uh, about? This guy believes in the. In, uh, this guy doesn't believe in the infinitesimal. <laughs> Believes things go to zero. If you'll excuse me, I gotta listen to Rubber Soul. (laughs) (laughs) He found it awkward, sitting in the swivel back chair behind this gray metal desk. But the teenagers fixed up barriers of masking tape around the edges so he wouldn't slip out. (laughs) Thoughtful. (sighs) And they also picked up the telephone when it rang and fed him coffee. (laughs) So they're doing his job. They're doing his job for him, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Mr. Bates concentrated on doing the best possible at his job despite the difficulties, as he had had the house to pay for it besides the $30 a day the teenagers demanded. Fuck me, this is radicalizing. (laughs) At night, he worked on sanding and polishing the floors, holding the electric sander in his teeth and blinking rapidly with the vibration. What? What capitalist nightmare is this? That's the exact thing I was gonna say. So he's just flopping around on the ground with a sander in his teeth, and his wife's like, he works so hard. Classic millstone. Uh, His feelings about the house had completely subsided. He thought of the very little and ate his dinners and with relish, bending his head onto the plate. Millie was disturbed. How can we have guests in when you eat like that? I've... Oh, my God. (laughs) This woman... (laughs) I'd so wanted to have a big housewarming. Henry looked up, his chin covered with grease and gravy. I could eat beforehand, but you'll look terrible. I'm not at my best, he laughed. I've seen better days. You've changed, Henry. You make me sick. She pulled the plate from under his face, causing some peas to get stuck in his nose. He rested his head on the plastic table and stared at the wall. A large crack appeared and the water began leaking in through the paint. Henry, look at that. You must fix that immediately. This, this Millie heel This is turn. some weird, like, Barton Fink leaks in the walls representing, like, sexual displeasure and stuff. Like, extremely, like 
complex narrative visual metaphor shit in this absolutely baffling nothing book. <laughs> I, I'm shocked. I You could have given me 20 options of where this was going at, at page one. <laughs> this was none option. Oh, you didn't see oh, that them I having marital like troubles the... because he's happy about losing his entire limbs? And she's upset There's... that he eats like a like a cookie monster because he has is, no and, hands. You know what's great is this is the only tension, this is the only conflict there that has been in the books thus far. Yeah. This is the first conflict. <laughs> first time someone's been upset. You know what they say? There's Fuck there's only me. you know four type of conflicts. It's it's man versus man, man versus machine, man versus god, and uh, wife who gets angry at husband for losing all <laughs> limbs. And eating a plate sloppily. <laughs> Man versus. I also am like. She's not upset at him losing the limbs because it's like, oh shit, my husband doesn't have limbs. It's like, ah, how am I going to invite the Johnsons over? My husband has no wrists. <laughs> he can't wear a watch. She's not even upset. She, she's just upset that he's eating weird. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like. Because when you first said, like, that she was like disturbed or something. I was like, "Oh, finally! Yes, awesome." <laughs> nope. Again, doesn't care about the root cause of why. Maybe no, this no. thing happened all Just the time in the sixties. Doesn't matter. He did his best as he could. His teeth had become quite talented, and he could even work with a wrench with his tongue between the handles. The plaster oh, was messy. What that mouth do? Dude, wow. how she is not sexually unsatisfied with this kind of exer- uh, you know, exercise. You God, know. no. He's turning wrench screws with He's that able thing? to handle a wrench with his tongue. <laughs> like, that's... That is absurd. Might have to turn a fan on Jeez. The plaster was messy, but he used his cheek to smooth it. He finished at four in the morning and lay on the kitchen floor. Millie found him there the next day and was upset. Henry, you're only ahead. How am I supposed to manage, I ask you? Answer me. I like the idea that this is, this is, as I was saying, a self-insert. Now he <laughs> fucking hates his wife so much. He opened his mouth to explain, but the sound was gone. Don't think you can shirk your responsibilities like this, Henry. Answer me. When he didn't reply, she picked up his head and carried it to the alcove in the living room. If only your eyes were blue instead of that mud brown. Are you hungry? Oh my! That came out of nowhere. Am I? Am I wrong? No. This. This. Dude, she hates his eyes. Late third act, Millie heel turn here <laughs> is. And also, like this was the sixties. You couldn't say that then without their in living memory being some pretty bad connotations. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you just keep blue hair or blue eyes and blonde hair and <laughs> like all the good? He motioned no with his mouth. Henry, I planned the housework for a week from today. You got to finish the house by then. I'll do what I can to help. Henry, are you listening? He motioned yes. The next week, he worked hard, both at the office and at home. The teenagers carried him to the city in a blue traveling <laughs> bag. Like a, like a bowling satchel just <laughs> with his head. Wait. Show me the cover of this book again. <gasps> oh, the Zardoz book. It's him. And his beautiful That's him. With his, there he is. With his beautiful locks of hair. Henry? <laughs> I just like this. It seems like something. It seems like a Coen Brothers movie where like they like pull like a exactly. bag no, it out. It seems like Barton. That's what I was saying. It was Barton Fink. <laughs> yeah. 
Everybody should go watch Barton Fink. I'm going to plug Barton Fink at the end of the podcast. Spoiler <laughs> alert. The teenagers carried him to the city in a blue traveling bag, and he sat propped up on a stack of books. And not, he can't speak. What is he doing at his job? He's just sitting there. Sounds like me at work, you know? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly working or a head on a stack of books. <laughs> he worked in a frenzy and finished on time. About the middle of winter, he was retired on the disability program and spent the next few months putting some additional touches on the houses. By spring, he was only a set of teeth and a piece of brain, and Millie set him to cutting the lawn every day. He would chomp a mouthful of grass and spit it out to the side in a perfect fan, then pull himself forward another inch and take another mouthful. On sunny days, he found it quite pleasant. Then one morning, a huge shadow, which was his son, crawled over and squashed him with a sweet-smelling baby-soft knee. Millie mourned him for three days and then threw him down the garbage disposal. He clanked a bit, but that was all. The end. This, I really like this story. (laughs) What a... (laughs) Someone was like... That was genuinely Kafkaesque. It was amazing. That was great. Wow. It had the themes that Kafka did of like discomfort with manhood and like fucking hating capitalism. And just like, it's just like, I feel like, man, the suburbs just killed this dude. Just so hard. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. The American dream. He was of- not ready for that kind of life. Like the name says, he wasn't willing to settle. Oh. Wow. He went, I mean, he shouldn't have settled. Could have kept going for it. Apparently, his wife fucking down. sucks, dude. She doesn't even like his eyes. <laughs> I imagine you're at your wedding, and then you're just like, oh, you know, you say your vows, and then she looks at you and she's like, my vows, other than your shit colored <laughs> eyes, <laughs> you are a serviceable man, and I will take you upon until death. Assuming we move out of this godforsaken city and into a two-bedroom, three-bath. <laughs> You're decent, and I want a 400,000 Zestimate or higher, or I'm dumping your dusty ass. <laughs> I, I liked it at the end. Well, okay, I like the themes of this book, I, uh, the themes of this story. I, I don't think it was good, though. Like, I don't think it was well done. I feel like the author was told, like, oh, we need an ending in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and she quickly wrote out, and he died, and they mourned the Wait, end. wait. Is this, wait, did I fucking, wait, I thought, because I, I, I stepped away for a little bit to get water, and, like, I had my headphones off. Wait, so, wait, are these the stories of the of the wife, or of the, or of... The guy. That, no, that's the story. Wait, no, 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 the, no, the no. author the fucking, is the the woman, the author. right? Yeah, she's just, yeah. And Anne McCoy. Oh, I misunderstood. I thought that it because it said her that, husband said whose stories whatever. I thought that randomly his author bio began with a description of his wife. Oh, okay, that's less. <laughs> that's why I was like, this is so fucking weird. Okay, that's less weird. Okay, good. But his, awesome. his her husband did write the sequel to this story. What is the sequel to this story? I don't. It's not in here, man. I don't know why they Wait, said. Just, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> no, it's the McLeod Cinematic Universe. Like I don't know. I need. I guess I need to get freaking 
the other magazine and fantasy magazine of fantasy and science digest issues from the 1968 era. I mean, that that sounds awesome. I, 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 I did like the story though. Oh wait, yeah. no. It, wait. <gasps> no way. Is it in there? Oh my god. Oh my god. So our next story. <laughs> You're kidding. Oh my god. What a twist. I, I'm gonna be straight up. I didn't even realize it was the sequel. I had it bookmarked to be the story, but I'm just noticing. Is written by a Burt Filer. Yo. The Burt Filer? Married to the Anne McLeod? Oh my god. Oh wait. Oh, I'm dumb. It's not the sequel. (laughs) They were being quite literal. Whose story backtracked immediately follows this one. As in, you see, I'm looking at the pick. Oh, it... (laughs) Oh, it immediately oh. follows because it's on the next page. It's on the next page. God. Awesome. <laughs> Bad bio. Don't write your bios like this. Yeah. <laughs> That's, they're literally just telling you there is another story in this book. Like by You could just say that she's married to Burt Filer. Yeah. End of sentence. Boom. And then the next one, Burt Filer... Well, here's another thing. Okay, we can do a little... Okay, before we get into this. Okay. Ratings. TR, how many Harry Potters out of five do you give that story? Come back to me. Come, come Do me second. I have to think about this. Okay, Bob, do you have a rating? Boy, out of five possible HPs... <laughs> realistically, I, I'm, I'm giving that a th- two. Point five. <laughs> I'm gonna hedge my bet there because I was I was riding the line between two and three. Do you think this could become the next big thing? Do you think we could make a cinematic universe out of settle? Absolutely. As a big okay. Hollywood producer that I am, yeah. Uh, I, I well, that's I'll, how I become the expert. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. I, for for legally uh, reasons I cannot describe. Uh, that is exactly <laughs> how I became a, a expert by being a Hollywood producer. Um, yeah, I, I think this has got all the all the makings of a hit, a big blockbuster. Somebody get it's got Channing Tatum on the phone to be dude, uh Channing Tatum would be a good a torso. Really good teeth and brain. Teeth and a piece of brain. <laughs> piece of brain. <laughs> no, his uh, legs aren't skinny enough. His legs aren't skinny enough. That's the thing. Exactly well you know, once he goes down the, the garbage disposal, Is then you can start throwing. Jeffrey James's breakout role. No for his thankles. Jeffrey James has the perfect legs for this role. That's true. He could stretch them over his knee and then be like, where's my toe? I also feel like in real life he would not complain about this stuff. <laughs> he would <laughs> just be like, yeah, yeah, you know, my, my foot's gone. Nice. But... He'd be like, well, all right, I guess I'll keep doing headgum stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean... I really should go to the doctor. My, I don't have any limbs, and my torso is van- vanishing every day. I'm becoming shorter by the second. I lost three ribs. But, you know, I could be in another Jeffrey the and Dumbass. By the end, he was almost as short as Riley Ann's spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this 
This is like 1.25 metamorphoses. Oh, okay. Not metamor- yeah, metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. It doesn't have the same like story. fever dream feeling that Kafka has. Like when you read well, Kafka, yeah, and, and you like feel I was saying high. before, genuinely, it's like it's it has a lot of the same themes that he always explores of like of that like discomfort of discomfort of like the role of the man and of not. It didn't have enough of him complaining about his dad. It didn't have enough dad hating mm. for to really to really bump it up to a two. I'd say that 1.25 metamorphosis is around that that like 2.5 Harry Potter's, I'd say. Yeah, it's about the same. Metamorphosis is better than Harry Potter. Well, I yeah, I mean it's got a big For bug one, in it. it metamorphoses. It changes from, you know, a, a caterpillar to a butterfly. Harry Potter turns from what? An annoying orphan to an annoying teenager orphan fucking moron like what the fuck no he's the boy who lived oh i did too i lived too (laughs) huh harry everyone lived everyone fucking lived unless they're dead harry dipshit and even if they're dead they still lived at some point they lived continuously until they died literally the one thing everyone else has done you fucking idiot dude fucking fucking just went to class like a herb. Oh my god, fucking! But yeah, I gotta I'm, agree mostly with two and a half. I really like the i i cheap ass book. I need to fix it later. The book has has <laughs> been cleft in twain. It just it just it cleft itself. It really did. It is torn. It has been torn apart. It's torn asunder. From I didn't even settle. like. I didn't even like, you know, pull hard. I was very delicate with it. And it was just like, I guess, you know, a Pulp Fiction magazine from the 60s isn't super durable. Uh, I would also give it a two and a half out of five, roughly. It's got a good lot of potential in it. Hopefully, Miss McLeod, or sorry, Mrs. Mrs. McLeod uh, kept doing something with it. But, uh, you know, it's just it's a fun little story. Um, I think that this one can stay as it is. (laughs) (laughs) I think this one can stay short form, you know? Like, it can be turned at most into, like... Three movies. A creep show episode. The new creep show, like, series on Shudder. That is the height of this. So, like, you know, 15-minute episode. No, you're thinking of the other series on Shudder that I also watched, and one of the episodes is the worst thing I've seen in my life, and I'm in love with it. The next story we're reading is written by the husband of the last story we just read, as we have come to learn, Bert Flyer. Uh, what do you guys think his bio is going to look like? Considering the last one, what, we, what information do you think we're going to find about Bert? Because last time we found out Big that dick. his wife is hot. Big dick, huge arms, <laughs> veiny arms, nice collarbone. <laughs> Cheekbones on fleek is exactly what he's going to list it as. His jawline. A jawline that could rip a piece of paper in half. Bert Filer's first story for FNSF is an underplayed yet affectionate tale of a man who wakes up one morning to Lame, find that his- not horny enough. <laughs> <laughs> Not horny enough. Definitely not horny enough. Mm-mm. Maybe he legitimately isn't hot, though. Like, maybe, like, the editors 
went to go meet all this and then they're like this is cool we'll have like a married couple do a thing and they're like oh my god your wife so hot and they turn over to bert why stories show and wrote this this insanely insightful piece about a capitalist nightmare it's totally weird but whatever <laughs> and you are not hot and you write this garbage how dare you <laughs> and they never hired anybody not hot again also, I like, uh, and and there's more to the bio, obviously, but I like that the for for Anne's, it's like, I'm hot, I'm hot as hell, and then every other line is about the husband, almost <laughs> as if like, don't worry, he'll return the favor when it comes to his bio. His bio That's starts. That's what I was thinking. No, I'm bit. just a cool writer. <laughs> I just wrote. This is my first story for this magazine yeah. you know i may or may not be married doesn't matter who cares move it on <laughs> i might be a bachelor for all you single ladies out there yeah <laughs> so this story is called backtracked also published in june of 1968 good year so we know how do you what do you guys think this is gonna go because we know what his wife likes to write about backtracked I'm picturing nature. Do we know what his wife likes to write about? <laughs> it's it, it it is kind of hard to pin down. Still, she loves teeth. <laughs> she loves brain parts. I, the more I think about that story, the more I like it. I'm gonna bump it up to a to a a three. I think I'm gonna bump it up to a three. It's the a more fun I think story, about it, you know. The more the, I actually, especially it's kind of it. dark too. You know, I mean, like, why yeah. was like ah. You fucking ugly ass eyes, and then when it finally becomes teeth, he's just teeth. His his son falls on him, not even knowing dad. Probably you know knows True. the tennis instructor, doesn't know dad. Falls on dad, kills him, and they're like, ugh. She probably didn't even mourn him for three days. She probably took her three days to realize she had to pick him off the grass. Yeah. And then she's like, "Where do you put the trash? In the disposal." I do like this story. <laughs> I'm bumping it up to a five. Whoa! Okay, so we got a five, a two and a half, and a two and a half. Well, let's see if Bert can live up to Anne's expectations. You know, we got Anne up here. Yeah. Bert, he's not hot, so down here, like way down there. But can he come up? The first thing he saw was Sally staring at him. She was sitting up in, in the big bed and had four fingers of her left hand wedged in her mouth. For some reason, she'd drawn the sheet up around her and held it there with the other arm, as if caught suddenly by a stranger. Fletcher sat up. What's the matter? What time is it? He felt odd and a little woozy. His voice sounded rough and both legs hurt, the good one and the other one. I like that. I like this writing so far. So we know he's got a bad leg and a good leg, but they both hurt. Damn. You've really backtracked, Sally said. She gritted her teeth and gave that quick double shake of hers. The long, brown the long brown hair fell down and a curler came out. Fletcher looked down at his arms. He had hooked around his good knee. It was sunburned and freckled the way August usually made it, but the August of what future year had done this. The fingers were blunter, the nails badly bitten, and the arm itself was thicker by half than the one he'd gone to bed with. Sally lay back down, blinking on the verge of tears. You're older. A lot older. Why did you do it? Fletcher tossed off the sheet and swung his legs to the floor. I don't know. But then I wouldn't. It wipes you out completely, they say. I'm, I'm hanging on every word. I, I don't... Go, keep going. 
I'm, I'm hurrying across the old green rug. They retire to the bedroom. Oh, wait, wait. It wipes Jack completely. I thought he was going to be like, this is something that exists in our universe. <laughs> it wipes Jack completely, they say, the old disease. <laughs> All of a sudden, you age five years and no one knows why. But it just keeps going. I like... It is, a, it is a very different style than... This is a bold move. ...than hers. Because it's... It is... It is more actual... Because, again, like, the other one was structured a lot more like a children's story. Yeah. It, it is... What is the thing? It, it was more story and less plot. It was just sort of, like, here are a bunch of sort of events that happened and not really a lot of, like, the connecting tissue. Yeah. yeah. And... And, the, and... Which is like fine it's fine to have like non-aristotelian storytelling of like oh you go through all whatever. Yeah, crazy shit happens and then it ends yeah yeah it's fine i just i i it feels like we're in the middle of it here so like, it, like we're in the thick yeah. in media res all the kids can look that one up <laughs> yeah you know we're in we're in the we're in the thick media get your puffy corn or mm-hmm. your corny puffs and, and and let it lay it all out Puffy corn is still such an upsetting turn of phrase. <laughs> Hurrying across the old green rug, they retire to the bedroom after long service downstairs. I kind of hate that phrase. Retiring the rug to the bedroom after service downstairs. It's They're treating it like a soldier. It's a rug. I like it, though. <laughs> it's just like, I'm just saying like this poor rug, man. It's been... <laughs> It's done its also, time. Also, I feel like I feel like the bedroom is an upgrade. Right? She sta- he stared at himself in the dressing mirror. At first he didn't believe it. Gone was the somewhat paunchy but still attractive businessman of 36. The man in the mirror looked more like a Sicilian fisherman, all weather-beaten naughty. Fletcher looked for several that... Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. That sounds hotter to yeah. me. <laughs> that sounds way hotter. Someone turned up steam in the sauna. Like, he goes from, like, you know, like, kind of, like, you know, a paunchy businessman to, like, a fisherman? A Sicilian fisherman? Swarthy and That is and the nodded? exact type of old man I would date. <laughs> that, is, that is the exact. He doesn't have, like, abs, but he's got a hard stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Fletcher looked for several long seconds at the blue veins which wrapped his forearms and calves like fishnets. TR might have just fucking fallen in love right That's there. That's hot! Veiny arms are canonically hot. True. You know he's not shooting up. <laughs> True. Which that's responsible. Yeah. You know, especially in the 60s. They didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know about the collapsing veins yet. It reduces actually, your hotness. This one's set in 2015. It's in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Both calves. The left, though still as warped as ever, was thick now. It looked strong, but it ached. Fletcher's face was older by 10 years. Etched in the seams about his eyes was the grimness that age brings out through a lifetime of forced smiles. And though the hair on his chest was sun-bleached, he could easily see that a good deal of it was actually white. Fletcher shut his eyes, turned away. So, I mean, both Anne and Bert seem to have kind of like a cynical view on American life. You know? Yeah. A fucking lifetime of forced smiles. (laughs) That's a good line. That's a good line. I like that. Also, he's just getting hotter. He just <laughs> Maybe this is what he looked like and is slipping it in. It's like I've been told I look like a Sicilian fisherman. His jeans bulged. 
<laughs> just, a lobster hangs out his back pocket. He's freaking epic, Pinor. <laughs> Walking around to Sally's side of the bed, he sat down and dropped a hand to her shoulder. I must have had a good reason. We'll find out soon enough. It was only six o'clock, but sleep was out of the question, naturally. They dressed. Sally went down to the stairs ahead of him, still slim and lithe at 34, and still desirable, the envy of many. She turned left into the kitchen and he followed, but continued past into the garage. His excuse for privacy was the bicycles, just as hers was breakfast. Leave me alone and I'll get used to it, Fletcher thought. Leave her alone and she can handle it too. He edged around the bumper of their car to the clutter of his workbench and switched on the light. The bicycles gave him a momentary sense of rightness, gleaming there. They were so slender and functional and spare. Flipping his own over on its back, he checked tension on its derailleur. Perfect. He righted the thing and dropped the rear wheel into the free rollers. Mounting it, he pedaled along light resistance, the way he always dreamed the roads would be. Maybe they would be now. With these legs? Why had he spent ten years torturing spring into the muscles of a cripple? Sheer vanity, perhaps. But at the cost of wasting those ten years forever, it seemed unreasonable. Fletcher was sweating, and the speedometer on the roller said 30. He was only halfway through the gears, though, so he shifted twice. 50. Maybe he should call Time Central. No, they were duty-bound to give him no help at all. They just say at some point ten years in the future, he had gone back with their quest to be backtracked to the present, and that before making the hop, his like mind this. had been run through the clear reset oh, ringer. Oh, this is fucking sick. That's a cool fucking idea, right? Like time travel, but it just erases your consciousness and your body. Yeah. This is fucking... Isn't this what happens in goddamn... Uh... Days of Future Past, like you, you time travel back into your old body. Yes, you, it's you, like you your oh no, but but he still looks like himself back then. Yeah, now you're bringing your body over, but not your consciousness. Yeah, because you forget why you went back in time. This could be the new horny time travel show to replace the fucking that Scottish one, Hot Tub Time Machine. No. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What is that fucking thing? She's like fucks a Viking or something. I don't know. Whatever. There's a horny time travel. That sounds pretty show. hot. Sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch. I don't watch shows really. You're too busy playing with that. Shut up. That was before the recording. I thought. I'll bleep it so no one will know. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Fletcher, but it's the only way to minimize temporal contamination and paradox. Bothersome things, paradox. Your mind belongs to Fletcher of the present. You have no knowledge of the future. You understand, of course. What he understood was that the body of Fletcher, 40-odd, had backtracked to be used by the mind of Fletcher, 36, almost as a beast of burden. And Fletcher, 36, could only wonder why. A lot of people... I would definitely want to to toss, like, my 70-year-old body back to when I was a baby. Just fuck with everything, dude. Your parents just wake up the next day and they're like, what the fuck? We must- Wait, that's a really, really good... That's kind of dark, dude. Like, if you really wanted to spite your parents, wait till you're, yeah, like, 80. Yeah, no, if your parents, like, mistreated you or something, imagine, like, a... Imagine, like, an abused teenager, like, all of a sudden waking up with, like, a ripped adult body that he knows he trained up over, like, 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, I know what I did this for. I need to kill my dad. Like, as soon as the dad starts fighting back, the dad never hits him in the first place because he gets scared. He's like, why did my baby turn jacked? Yeah. Change the future. 
this is good. This dude, this is a, this is a good concept, right? Yeah. Like this is a solid high concept sci-fi. And it's horny, which is all good sci-fi is. I mean, that fucking torso, dude. Don't get me started on a torso. I mean, except for those stupid brown eyes. Oh my god, fucking like mud. God, garbage to your <laughs> eyes. A lot of people did it to escape some unhappiness in their later years. It seldom worked. They never became anachronistic misfits amongst their once contemporaries. But ten years at Fletcher's age wasn't really that much, and he guessed they'd all get used to him. But would Sally? Sixty, said the dummy speedometer. Fletcher noted with some surprise that he'd been at it for fifteen minutes. Better slow down and save some strength for the trip. What strength? Maybe he learned to play tennis. He could see himself trouncing Dave Schneck. Sally looking on from the sidelines. Fletcher was smiling now. Sally would come around. She had a powerful older man in place of a soft young one. A cripple at that. Polio. He had been one of the last. Other men had held doors open from ever since, and he learned to smile. Damn. Characterization right here. Yeah, there we go. Up to 50 again. Slow down. And what was breakfast? The body of his hungered. And what it had done? This body? Knowing from bitter experience how slowly it responded to exercise, Fletcher described that the last 10 years must have been devoted almost exclusively to physical development. But for what? Some kind of crisis that he might meet with superior strength on the second go-around? And why he had decided to backtrack to this particular morning? Fletch! Breakfast! Sally called. The voice was lighter and steady. Dismounting, Fletcher stood with his hands in his pockets and watched the silver wheel whir slowly to a stop. She wouldn't want to discuss it, not for a while anyhow. It had been the same with his leg, back before they were married. He switched the light off and went in. It'll be nice after that burns off, he said, nodding out the window. The, bit, the bench in the breakfast nook felt hard as he sat on it. Less flesh there now. Sally handed it down two plates and joined him. Not across... That's the weirdest way to describe muscle. <laughs> less. There's less flesh. Every time I walk out of the gym, that's what I say. Ugh, less flesh. <laughs> You know, I'm not trying, I'm not gaining muscle, I'm losing flesh. <laughs> you must shed this excess flesh. <laughs> Dude, you gotta stop, man. I need to find a new personal trainer. <laughs> personal trainer has one white pupil and is brandishing a knife. You need to lose more <laughs> flesh, boy. Uh, 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 I'm okay. Keeps handing you, like, seasoning packets to rub on you. <laughs> It's an exfoliant. It helps the sweat really based. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go to this curves anymore. Sorry. <laughs> curves! <laughs> they ate slowly, silently. Fletcher looked over at her profile, with her hair tied back like that she was very patrician. Straight nose, serious mouth, like Anastasia, Dave Schneck had said, a displaced princess. She caught him to looking at her, began to smile, changed her mind, put down her fork. She faced him squarely. I think I'll make it, Fletch. She lowered her forehead a fraction, waiting for a reassuring peck, and he gave it to her. He turned out to have been right about... So the wife here is the exact opposite of the wife of the other story, right? The other story, this dude's like slowly losing his limbs, and the wife's like... Why aren't you clearing the grass, Henry? And this one's like, you just aged a decade, and it took me making breakfast to realize I'm probably gonna... I'm okay. <laughs> Actually thinking about the scenario. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just you know you're hotter now so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i've been asking you to get that fishing boat for years wait a second what if i'm okay yeah what if you tattoo lottery numbers onto yourself tattoo something hide it from their fuckers that are sending you back and then maybe one day hopefully you'll find it yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> just says bitcoin or just plan really far ahead of time so that you'll like no like then, write okay, it in journals woke up backtrack i need to check inside my foreskin <laughs> and wambo bambo <laughs> boom pull back numbers. you got the lottery numbers right there yeah. i'm pretty sure that's the plot of hot time time machine don't they check in their foreskins and they get the- actually the plot of memento yeah he has, he has don't trust this guy inside this foreskin. <laughs> he kills some dude, goes straight to the tattoo parlor. Okay, quick, 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 pulls out his foreskin. I need it in there now before I forget. On it? No, in it. <laughs> in it. I have to hide it. One scene opens up, it's about to jerk off. Wait a minute. Four, eight, fifteen. Wait a minute. <laughs> He turned out to have been right about the weather. Within an hour, they were pedaling in bright sunlight, and they had stopped to remove their sweaters. Sally seemed cheerful, for perhaps the third time, Fletcher caught her glazing, gazing with frank wonder at his body, especially his leg. He glowed inwardly. Aloud, he said, Forward, troops! And swooped off ahead. They wound their way... <laughs> Weird way to tell your wife to go up the mountain. They wound their way up Storm King Mountain. Occasionally, a car would grind past them on the steep grades, but soon they had two bicycles left the road. World of Warcraft location. <laughs> it was a double XP weekend, so he needed to go there. <laughs> <laughs> they they had the Kelly Path, which led them up to the reservoir, all to themselves. May pale sumacs on the left, and a hundred feet of naked air on the right. Hey, said Sally, slow down. Dismounting, they sat under a big maple. She leaned her head on his shoulder and slid one hand cozily between his upper arm and his ribs. Oh, she said, and raised her eyebrows. They sat there for some time. Over them, the branches reached across the path and out beyond the cliffs. Below, the Hudson wound in a huge S. A round green island on one end, it, it was a wide old river moving slowly. A tug dragged clumpered barge upstream in an efficient line that cut off most of the curves. In the distance, a few motorboats buzzed like flies, little white wakes behind them. Crawling along the far shore was a passenger train heading for New York. It smelled like spring, rising. Uh, rising. Sally went over by the bicycles and bent to pick a white umbrella of clean, Queen Anne's lace. She came back twirling the stalk between her fingers. Ready, she said. He set her an easy pace, but did it the hard way himself, not using the lower gears. One of Day's Schneck's subtler tricks. Goddamn Schneck. Schneck did. Fletcher hey, Witch. They're gonna fuck. Dude. He's gonna fuck Dave. Dude, Dave and fucking Fletch here are gonna have the night. Once he goes goes in looking like Dave a fisherman. Dave and Fletch is the, is the name of a gay couple. <laughs> Dave and Fletch. Absolutely. You know, I wasn't really interested in him until he showed up and he looked like like a fisherman, and I just what what nationality? Sicily. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What uh, nationality? You look like an Italian fisherman. Well, be more specific. Yeah. <laughs> they grab him by the wrist. What kind of Italian? <laughs> also, if he himself isn't Sicilian, <laughs> that is a weird description to give to yourself. Hey, uh, I just like, woke wow, up. Wow, in the future, I look kind of like this specific ethnicity. <laughs> cool. <laughs> 
Like, what? <laughs> just teaches you, if you train hard enough, you could become a different ethnicity. <laughs> you, dude, if you work hard Use enough... you're hard at Rachel Dolezal. You can become... Dude, fucking Jess LaBombalera. <laughs> and fucking... What's her... The... the Alec Baldwin's wife or whatever. Oh. That shit fucking killed me. Wait, have you seen the Jess LaBombalera city council meeting? No. So, you, so Jess LaBombalera is Jessica Krug from George Washington University. And she pretended to be black and Hispanic for like her entire academic career. God. And she became an Afro-Caribbean PhD. She's very white. Very obviously white, and okay. she has the worst black accent, like AAVE, I think is what it's called, African American Vernacular. Yeah. But there's a recording of her talking to the New York City Council. Oh, oh. It's great. Let me see if I can find it's it. It's, it's my amazing. Skin crawl, and I haven't even heard it. <laughs> Here, I'm going to share my screen because then I'll be able to capture your guys' audio as well as. Uh, yeah, I the have video. it pulled up, but I'll watch okay. your thing. Because then, then, the, then the listeners will get to hear what I'm talking about. Yeah, true. Oh, my gosh. All right. Yeah, yeah, this. Harlem, uh, you probably know this neighborhood because the Hosanna Melissa Mark Viverito, who used to be the speaker of your city council, sold my fucking neighborhood to developers and gentrifiers. So I got a couple of things to say. And when y'all come on and tell me my time stops, fuck out of here. It's been seven hours. Not only did I have to listen to these cops, and not just so the for cops, those but to be honest with y'all, city council members, she's you so white. Like you opposing them for your sound bites, for your social media, for your re-election campaigns. Fuck out of here. You've been supporting the cops in the pandemic when the MTA was strapped, and you supported putting more cops on the MTA. Fuck out of here. We know where you're coming from, and we know what these little photo opportunity bullshits are. Uh, I also want to call out all these white New Yorkers who waited four hours with us to be able to speak and then did not yield their time to black and brown indigenous New Yorkers who thought that their sense of, I thought cops was here to protect us, but I guess they're not. Boy, you think that this sort of like shock and empathy thing is the move. Okay, so a couple of things. You was the talking about, Chair, you was talking about- on the sign language interpreter are <laughs> incredible. <laughs> So, this is Jess LaBombalera. Jessica Krug of George Washington University has claimed to be black slash Hispanic, I believe. Also, also that is a... Everywhere else it's saying Jess LaBombera. LaBombera? I think she yeah, calls so herself... A, that Jess, is a typo. No, I think she calls herself Jess LaBombalera at the beginning. Jess LaBombalera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that is crazy. Because, wait, everybody else it says... I think it she says had different Jess names. LaBombera. That's oh yeah. <laughs> also, what kind of what kind of she's making up like a name to her that is one. She's very familiar with Hispanic names, right? She has really? a PhD in Afro Caribbean studies, so she still chose Jess LaBombalera, which is like it. it she couldn't it choose like said that there is a. It said that she said that that was her stage name. I, I'm reading a bunch of. I'm gonna. Did she? Going she gave a. She has a medium article where she admits that she's white. Fuck yes. <laughs> this is so all news to me. A, this is madness. It's 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 insane. It's like and what's crazy is like it, I I. 
it's so crazy because it's like Rachel Dolezal where it's like they're just LARPing so hard and they are trying to help, but they're just like... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you kind of break down what she's saying, like, there's there's a point there, but... But it's like... God, you, you gotta you, dig you through. <laughs> you seem so insane. And it's not like she's... It's not like nobody else is saying these yeah. things so like we don't need you to tell us that <laughs> also the fucking all the white new yorkers who thought they could come up here and take the brown and black people's time <gasps> she's pale like, what than you're I doing dude currently <laughs> <laughs> she's the palest person in this discord oh my god that is but yeah, in her Medium article, we, I won't read it right now, but it's a fun read. She goes real hard on herself. Like, she goes even... For, she, she goes a bit... She goes even harder than I would go on her. Like, I feel like... She, she, I don't know what happened that made her, like, decide to write a Medium article. Because I doubt, I doubt people around her legitimately believed her. I mean... You can't... How could you? <laughs> yeah... Like you can't have that fake ass accent with that dumbass name and that skin and be like, yeah, I'm from like fucking the Caribbean. <laughs> the name's Bombalera. And I'm not like a white person from the Caribbean. I'm a black person from the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, what? Ugh. How do we get on this tangent? Uh oh, because he's he he worked out for ten he, years and became he's Sicilian, Sicilian now. Yeah. He became Sicilian. Yes. Yes. As Dave Schneck would say. Good trick. Classic Schneck. Yeah, wait. Everybody else is saying La Bombalera, but some people are saying La Bombera, and some people are saying La Bombanera, but I believe it is correctly La Bombalera. La Bombalera. I mean... Well, I mean, not correct. It isn't anything. <laughs> it's not that's nothing, and nothing is anything, and nothing is any of that. <laughs> it's... it. Looking at her, it looks like somebody is trying to cosplay as my mom. <laughs> I come, from, I come from a Mexican household. It 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 looks like someone is trying to cosplay my mom. Like a white woman is trying to look like my mother. That's it's infuriating. Did she do a good job? No, she didn't. Sorry about that one. Oops, you don't look like her. I just may- maybe is... she thought. I I don't know. I don't want to psychoanalyze Jess La Bombalera. <laughs> I have a feeling I won't have the the power to do that. Sally spread most of the food on a weathered wooden picnic table. Then she went over and sat on a broad broad granite shelf. Fletcher sat set about starting a fire. It was taking him quite a while, as he'd forgotten the starter and he had to twiddle some twigs for tinder. He nicked his thumb, frowned, sucked it, looked up. Sally was on her feet again, picking more flowers. She paused from time to time to gaze out over the river. The view was even more spectacular here. Fletcher know her, even though too far back to see it himself. There were about three or four hundred feet straight above the water. Running a few feet beyond the main line of the bluff was a grassy promontory. Several bunches of Queen Anne's lace waved about the wild hay and creepers. He wished she'd get away from there and took a breath to tell her. Sally screamed as her legs slid out of sight. Twisting midair, she clutched two frantic handfuls of turf. She was only 60 feet away, but the fireplace and the big old table lay directly between them. 
Fletcher planted both hands on the smoking stone chimney and vaulted it. The thing was four feet high, but could have been five, and he'd still have made it. A dozen running steps, each faster and longer than the last, carried him to the table. He yanked his head down and his right leg up to, to hurdle it, snapping the leg down on the other side and swinging the weaker one behind. Pain shot through it, and Fletcher nearly sprawled. It took him four steps to straighten it out, and four more he was there. He hurled himself at the two slender wrists that were falling away and got once. Sally screamed again, this time in pain. Fletcher hauled her up to his chin, both sinewy hands around his, her small white one. Edging backward on his knee, he drew her fully up. Fletcher stood shakily and attempted to help her to her feet. His left leg gave way. Falling beside her, he lay on the warm granite, tried to catch his breath. It was difficult for some reason. Her face swam before him, and he was lost consciousness. He heard himself repeating, So that's why. That's why. Fucking sick. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> right? Sick really scene. stellar. I, damn it, I didn't want to, like, just like this story more than the last one, <laughs> but I just like this one more than the last yeah. one. It's, it's more compelling. Yeah. It's less absurd. Yeah, I mean, it feels, I mean, they're in different genres, it yeah. feels. Like, it doesn't, it, it feels... Like, the the other one shouldn't be in a sci-fi collection. The other one should have gone wackier. Yeah, I mean, a big part of what makes absurdism work is, like, reactions and lack of reactions and, like, you know, like, lengthening, like, the distance between them of, like, some people are freaking out or something and some people are not freaking out and some people are, like, not reacting at all. But in that one, like, nobody was reacting at all and whatever. But I guess it's fine because we're reacting to it and they're not. Maybe that's the idea. But it is still kind of, it's a little bit boring to read a story where nobody's freaking but out maybe about something. Like, that first story was only meant to be read in podcast form 50 years later with people reacting to it I mean, that's as how I write story. my stories. <laughs> that's a- yeah, right? Like, you assume someone's going to read it in a different technology. Yeah. That's Anne McLeod for you. She's always thinking ahead. Always ahead. That's why she bought Apple stock in the 60s. Yeah. She got so much Dogecoin. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know, but Dogecoin started in 1961 right. by Anne McLeod. Yeah. <laughs> it's the long con. And it's because her husband backtracked a bit. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I like that story a lot. I, I really did too. Also, <laughs> that was... I really love the line... He vaulted over the four foot rock. It could have been five. It, it doesn't five. matter. <laughs> dude, that sounds Fuck like a kid me, describing it. It's like, dude. look, it was only four feet, but it could have been five. I mean, <laughs> that is such a, because it really does. It, it not only is like the perfect amount of boastfulness for that moment, but it's like, it gives you the perfect visual in your head of like this jacked he Sicilian cleared it, dude. who just clears it with room to spare. Like he dunked on this rock. Of, of course, he would notice that because of his leg. Like, yeah. these are the things that His that leg are is all fucked and shit. Yeah. But now it's not. Yeah. But now it... I, fuck. I like that. I, I like that one a lot. And I, I also like it I, a lot because, just like TR was saying, where the first one really is like a, a, a three-act kind of, here they are, here they were, no more. It's, it's just, it, it very, and, and, Again, nothing wrong with that, but it just moves from point A to point B to point C. In this one, I really love how we just start in the middle of it. We start at... There's no explanation of how this time process works. It just does. It just is fact. Don't worry about it. 
you know, the, the mm. science behind it. They give it us the minimal matter. amount. Yeah. It's very soft sci-fi. It's very much like, okay, here's here's the, the, the literal things you need to know. Everything else, science. Yeah. Science. Yeah, and, this is, and it is the perfect place to start it as well. Yeah. Like, it is, if you started it any earlier, like, the day before. Your editor, your colleague would be like, no, 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 started at that part. Started at yeah. waking up. The cool part. He starts you know, reading the part a where he's 10 years old. about maybe he should get this procedure done where he can go back in time. Like, yeah, 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 that doesn't matter. Like, this is the important part. Because uh, Especially because he doesn't know why he was sent back to that day. He just is on that day. So as the viewer, viewer, reader, you're also on that day. It's... It, I don't know. I, it's pretty. Cool. I really like. This. I genuinely like. This could be a franchise. This like I could see a, you know, a limited series of this of like a bunch of stories centering around this technology, or even just like this could fucking be a Black Mirror episode yeah, or whatever. Totally. You know, but like a happy. Like, one. It would be a very a, a fun one. We're not done yet, though. What? Wait, it's not over? No, I still got a bit more. Oh! Oh, I thought it was I the totally, end of it. Yeah. It, it's a good ending. Maybe this is the editor's not note. The Maybe ending. we should <laughs> <laughs> Maybe everything will change with these last three columns. Fletcher's eyelids were burning, so he opened them to look directly into the sun. He must have been lying there an hour. Sally, his mind leapfrogged back to, and the breath stopped in his throat. But no, it was over. She lay there, here, beside him now. Fletcher rose to an elbow. His leg throbbed between numbness and intolerable pain, and it looked as if someone had taken an axe to it. But Sally's wrist looked just as bad. The drying scum near her lips attested to it. As he moved her head gently away from the puddle, she moaned. It took him ten minutes to crawl over to the table and return with a bottle of wine. They brought no water. He sprinkled some on her forehead, then held it to him to her lips. She came around, fainted, came around again. Sally made it about halfway down to the road when she ran into some picnickers. The jeep came around at three and four, and at four they were both in the orthopedic ward at Rockland State. Fletcher was still dopey with anesthetic and delayed shock as he told the reporter what had happened. The little man nearly drooled. Their episode had occurred on Saturday. When they were released from the hospital and sent home on Wednesday, their story was still up on the page four. On the front porch was a yellow plastic wastebasket full of unopened telegrams and letters. They hadn't had any much privacy at the hospital, so after Sally had made the coffee and sat down opposite Fletcher at the table and asked, how have you been? Okay, still a little disoriented. <laughs> yes. She stood into her cup. Fletch, I guess the first time we went through that, I fell. Fletcher nodded. I'd never made it to you, the old way. He stared down at the cast on his leg. Ten years of mine for all of yours. I'll do it again. It wasn't cheap, she said. No, it wasn't cheap. They made love that night. Fletcher had been worried about that and found his fears justified to some extent. Ten years made a difference, but Sally held him long afterward and cried a little, which made which was the best with her. He fell asleep. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> TR's face just soured a little bit. I liked a lot of this. <laughs> so they're like, they're like, you did this for me. This is great. Then they made love, and then she cried. And then he's like, hell yeah, dude, it's best when she cries. This is my thing, dude. <laughs> he fell asleep, feeling reassured for then, but knowing what was to come. 
Fletcher dyed his hair and had some minor facial surgery done to smooth out his eyes and throat. He gained 10 pounds. He looked pretty much like the Fletcher of 36. A certain amount of romance was attached to his reputation now, and when he changed jobs, his salary almost doubled. His broken left leg never healed solidly, though, and for all intents and purposes, he was back to where he started. He and Sally remained childless right up to the divorce two years later. She later married David Schneck, but Fletcher remained alone. The oh! end. Oh! What a what a twist! I was going to be like, they definitely should have ended back there because they were like explaining like the oh you did this for yeah, me and blah blah blah, and I was like we get it, whatever, blah blah blah. Fuck yeah, that <laughs> ending though. Hell yes. That reminds me of fucking. There was a BJ Novak story about a bunch of guys in Vegas planning an intervention for their alcoholic friend, and in the process, they get fucking plastered and <laughs> are like, and realize like, oh shit, we can't, like, you know, it, it goes crazy, or whatever, and it's like, oh my gosh, they have to do a bunch of stuff to like try to host this intervention. I don't remember the exact thing, but I remember at the end, it's like, and they're like a bunch, they're like five different guys or whatever. And, like, at the end, it just did, like, uh, uh, it, 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 it ends pretty happy or whatever. And it's, like, this goofy comedy story. And then at the end, it's, like, Dave committed suicide five <laughs> months later. And it's just, like, it was, it's not the alcoholic guy, it's just, like, one of the other guys. And it's, like, <gasps> wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> what? Dave had suicidal problems? How dare you problems? put that in my story? How dare you poison me with this? <laughs> I love Dave. He was so goofy the entire time. He's just fucking like one of the yeah I I love that yeah. ending though I love it so of just which I could see you guys' faces were kind of like not liking it until that last half bit there where it's like yeah and then they didn't have kids and they got divorced and then she married fucking Schneck that's that's Schneck <laughs> which for you. the entire time which gives meaning to why he was so obsessed with Schneck the entire mm-hmm. time you know he wanted to yeah, beat the exactly. shit out of Schneck. That's called Chekhov's Schneck. <laughs> if you write a Schneck into the first act, you have to use it. In you the have third. to use it in the third. That's I, I yeah, I, I I totally agree. I thought it, like the whole thing at the hospital of, of them like, oh, this is why we came back. Like, all right, all right, it's, it's, no shit. It's, yeah, it's 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 you know it's also heavy. also that a lot of the time in. Back then, they had writers specifically write explanations because they would get letters from people oh, I, of yeah. like, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> Dude, I mean, that is one thing. Uh, we are somewhat spoiled nowadays because most people are very media literate. Like, we can read stories or watch movies and kind of get it. But back then, like, if you were, like, old comic books are the best way to put it. Superman comics... They literally can't have Superman do something powerful without him explaining how it worked. And I love it. It's great because then the entire comic is a weird puzzle where it's like, how are the writers going to make the villain make Superman threatened? And then how is Superman going to overcome this threat even though he's old, like super power? But at the same time, it means you read blocks and blocks and blocks of text like, you read so much, you read more text than you ever would in a comic book. It makes a 20-page comic book take 30 minutes to read. <laughs> like, it's so much text. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, the the last three lines there of the, the, the 
still tragic ending. The ultimate sacrifice. At the end. Uh, I, at the end, the only thing, the question is, was the sacrifice still worth it? The only thing that came out of it? Probably. I mean, Sally lived. Yeah. So. She got a sweet Shrek to go back to or whatever his name Actually, is. Actually, this would be a good incel test. Shrek. You know? <laughs> like, if you make him, make him read the story and be like, was it worth it? And if they're like, no. Oh, like a good, like, high school, like, 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 answer a bunch of questions after you read this thing. And be like, are you an incel? Like, are, are you radicalized to the, the far right <laughs> incel community right now? I, I think that this would be a good, like, story for middle schoolers if you have, like, those, and en- because, like, you could teach them empathy of, like, because I'm sure there would be some people who are like, they're not bad kids, but they would be like, well, duh! Ah, this makes me very frustrated. It's like, well, yeah, it's well, just yeah. I mean, shit is but it's also. still worth it, right? He saved Sally's life, and they'd be like, "But they're not mm. together anymore." It's like, don't matter. That's the thing. Don't matter. Oh, I yeah, I loved it. Damn, I mean, if that's not a five, I don't know that's what's a, a five. That was a good story, right? I was yeah. these sci-fi mags. They're hard to find on the. I internet. mean, I'm a huge fan. I mean, I, I actually I have. Like I have a full H.P. Lovecraft collection back home. I have some other collections from oh yeah, from dude, stuff like also, that. Also, for anyone who wants to know how I found this, is obviously through the internet. But I went to uh, if you go to bookstores, especially bookstores that have clearance shelves. So I remember I used to live in and they had this one bookstore where it's like literally a house, and then it was like a duplex, and then I think they lit. I don't know if they lived in it because from what I know, they had. Dungeon and Dragons campaigns in the other half of the duplex. Right. But in this half, it was like a fucking movie because it would be like you walk in and the first bit is comic books and board games. And I mean like board games on shelves stacked to the ceiling. So like the owner would come by with a chair and stand on them and then rip them out from the ceiling. And then they would open the board games and let you play them for like 20 minutes. And then you could determine if you want to buy them. But then in the back was literally looked like a hoarder's library. It would be like books upon books all the way to like the ceiling, fucking dim broken lights. Like, you know, like there's dark corners in like a fucking two bedroom house library. <laughs> so it's like, just like you're in the dark corner of this library and it's fucking crazy. But like, they tend to have a lot of these. I got this one in downtown for a dollar, I think, you know? this. Yeah, I mean, there's a stuff, bunch of stuff at the Strand of like, Oh, you can get stuff like that, uh, and even in this, like the outside portion, and like in in the uh, in the pop up strand, I got the real cool killers from the pop up strand. Um, uh, when I was going to see a show, um, yeah, no, for sure. There's a lot of. I definitely look, say bookstores have weird shit that's like kind of hard. Yeah, to I will find. say. Out of like, so I've bought in like tons of cheap ass books from these places just to like, and I've. Sometimes they're really boring. Sometimes they're whatever. Sometimes they're just fucking weird. Like one where it's like these two uh, spies who have some kind of telepathy. And then right before he saves the day, he climbs onto a pyramid and laments about how the world is falling apart because of the women and the blacks. (laughs) (laughs) Not about how they're bad, but how like things are getting heated. He just is like, he just is like conflict. (laughs) This 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 fucking spy 
this spy is like, man, this is just making me tense and uncomfortable. <laughs> like, literally, like, literally, he, like, does that for, like, you know, maybe, like, a page or two, and then he goes and saves the day. And I'm just like, is this what, like, the 1975 audience was looking the, the for? The guy just wanted to write that part and was like, <laughs> I guess we gotta write a story of that stuff, man. Alright. write a 200-page Dark board. Uh, spies. <laughs> Telepathy. Cool. All right. Sick. Whatever character it was, it was good to have that monologue in the middle. It didn't matter the rest of the Mm -hmm. plot. (laughs) (laughs) That was the message. Well, I think we all agree this is a five out of five. One hundred. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's five times better than any Harry Potter movie or book. Period. I mean, not only did this guy live. He saved a life, and I mean, Harry saved Wizard's life. I don't, but they are immortal or something. I don't know. I don't read Lord of the Rings. I think you got it. I think you got. It. I think that's right. Like Wizards are immortal. Like Gandalf doesn't die. Yeah. He kind of just like fucking Gandalf just doing cool shit with his Harry Potter friends. Exactly. He just goes off to another universe for. He becomes Dumbledore for a bit, and then he comes back after that. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the sci-fi couple, I guess is what we would call them. You know, you got, you know, a little Kafka-esque wife with a... I would definitely hang out with her, though. Yeah, she, <laughs> with the wife? Her themes seem like she would be fun at a party. To just You think she'd be more to. fun yeah. than the, the husband? It is, like, I like that, I like, I like that story more, and I like the, con- like, but also, like, it feels like that was written for, if it, like, like, Hers I would read in a collection, and his I would read, you know, in a magazine. Yeah. Like, I, w- I would, like, a collection of her stories specifically. Yeah. Like, it feels like a very cool window into... Are you sure you're not being blinded by the fact that she's young, attractive, and blonde? Well, now I'm picturing this guy as a hot Sicilian. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point, because he is a hot Sicilian. That was definitely an author insert. Fisherman or otherwise. I wonder if that was a typo. Yeah. Maybe he meant Fishman. He's like he doesn't catch the fish. He just is of the fish. <laughs> like he sleeps in the piles of fish. He comes wow. out of it. This is Lovecraft. <laughs> what did he look like? I shan't be describing it. It's too. <laughs> it's undescribable. It's too fishy for it really. Is. He had veiny arms. Maybe that's why he couldn't describe them because he was too horny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the shadow yeah. over Innsmouth. They looked strange but attractive and the editor's like you gotta get rid of that last part there like just every sentence ends with but attractive they had big juicy asses (laughs) these fish had the so thick dude like the first the first story in the Lovecraft collection is one he wrote when he was like 15 and it's so good yeah so I think any other thoughts on the story I want to sign him to a three picture deal like I'm in. Yeah, this reminds me of what I assume Looper is about. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. Having not seen it also, I have to assume it's basically this. Not heard of it, it's probably correct. I mean, it loops. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the little button on Apple? I wouldn't be surprised if this has been adapted into a movie. Apparently, the magazine of fantasy and sci-fi's fictions are both young and educated. Ooh, she adapted Treasure Island. Ooh. Oh, she did? Mm. 
young, educated, blonde, hot. Blonde, <laughs> blonde, hot, young, <laughs> educated. These are all the descriptions you are if you buy the magazine of fantasy and sci-fi. Yes. Oh, I also have an idea for an episode you could do because I went down a rabbit hole of like oh, Gen okay. Z like Wattpad stories of like the Gen Z revolution. Oh god. We are the greatest generation. Oh my god. We're the ones who are going to realize that women are equal. We are the first generation <laughs> to fight for our rights. It's like, whoa, <laughs> dude. Calm down a little bit, You're dude. fucking stupid, huh? Like, goddamn. Have you not heard of like You're the 60s dumb. or 70s or 90s or even the 2000s? Or 80s. A bit. Either, even I mean, the 80s, 80s yeah, fucking too. like fighting against the the mishandling of the AIDS crisis. But, yeah, actually, yeah. There's been a lot of people doing a lot. Generally speaking, literally everyone has been doing it. Literally, yeah. And there's not like a generation that hasn't. No, no, no. But even till like gay marriage was illegal in in our lifetime, like people <laughs> had to fight, continue it, to fight for that, and it didn't like just become legal right like it wasn't just like one day they're like huh actually you know what i think we should decide today on a that's fine guys, what if we do something crazy <laughs> what if we kind of did something kind of kind of naughty today and we let gay people get married and then that's how we became you know america that's how, we, that's how America was born. That's how America was born. Just Q Before that was waving gif. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess before we completely devolve, the one last thing we have to do on this segment is 120 in 120 volt alternating current outlets if you're in America or 115, I believe, if you're in Japan. And that's a little something called electrical... I- appliance sources bob you yeah, have plugs. anything yeah for that i like the, i like the setup of this by the way <laughs> uh i do uh i have a, a lovely podcast that i really enjoy making and i would like if uh, people listen to it it's called 99 questions and that's of course the number 99 everybody uh 99 questions put it into your podcast thing if you see a nice purple and gold logo that's me give it a listen i've had some really cool guests on there um, uh, uh, Mr. Jeffrey James, uh, uh, Miss Riley Anspa, uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan is going to be coming out very shortly. Um, uh, people in the video game Nina. world, Nina Freeman, video game designer, Dan Reichert, uh, Joe Juba, Ben Hansen, Mary Beth Fish. May. Um, I mean, Beth, Beth May off? from Dungeons and Daddies, Adel Rafai yes. from Hey Riddle Riddle, and, and, uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy that you have so much pull to get so many good guests, but you still fucked it up because there's still two people mm-hmm. that are better than everyone on that list that you haven't guested yet. <laughs> the audio listeners, <laughs> he just started pointing at himself. <laughs> Me and TR haven't been on 99. And I mean, like, Jeffrey James, pretty cool. Riddle Riddle, pretty sick. You know, video game experts, you know, pretty unique. Do you have, like, you know, like me, I'm a guy who reads a lot of internet fiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can't you see how that's more marketable to the Zoomers? (laughs) TR was just talking about how 
they love talking about how they're the only civil rights generation. Which, yeah, that's true. Listen, these are all going on a list. That's all I can promise. You know, it's it has to go to my producer. <laughs> that would be so weird to pop up on a on, on the feed of like, oh, this is no one. <laughs> like I'm sure, like ev- like people have like like I've ha- I've had to I've had to like you know like like look up because I don't know and yeah like a little blurb in it and then I look up and be like oh, okay cool let me see what game informer thinks this yeah. person has written or whatever uh and i would love for there to be one of you look them up and nothing comes up just nothing just, just straight up just like none just that'd be awesome yeah uh, i have uh i have a an actual play podcast coming out uh in late uh may and then i have a video game misinformation podcast coming out I love this. in june Oh hell yeah, uh, dude! Yeah, it's a video game misinformation podcast, the Jeremy Video Games Video Games Hour. Uh, is it about like things people don't? No, it is. It is like a video game news podcast, but all the information is incorrect. Oh, that's fun! I like that. It is. It is me willfully spreading misinformation about games. Very good. Yeah, it's something. It's based on a bunch of. Uh, sketches i wrote um back in my uh freshman or sophomore year and freshman year of college because yeah i mean there are so many video game informational podcasts i think we should spice it up a little bit and get some wrong ones have one be just lies so i definitely say 99 questions totally recommend i've listened to a few of them and they're just so fun they're just fun little ditties Thank you. Uh, even even if they don't have the the best internet celebrity on them <laughs> but that's fine you know you can th- th- that can be fixed uh tr's podcast i have listened to them they may not exist yet sent me the scripts and i have approved them as as is i am the dean of the podcast high school and so uh please go ahead and listen i'm assuming this will come out Famously, this show is very not topical and very not date-based. So I'm assuming this will come out around them, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe. And then for me, uh, other than this show, uh, I voice acted in a show called Tales for Somnium, uh, episode four, which I believe is coming out early May, which so could be months in the past. Or maybe not. Figure it out, listener. Years I'm not past, your fucking yeah. calendar. Fucking do your own homework and figure it out. If you don't figure it out, I'm gonna fail you. I love how every episode of this ends with you accosting the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you know, they're they're not children. Well, they might be, but I'm not treating them like them. What are you doing wasting your life listening to podcasts? <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> And now you're listening to the plugs where they talk about other podcasts for you to waste your life listening to? <laughs> Pathetic. Uh, yeah, but definitely definitely go check out all of that for sure. Um, any last ideas? Like, I mean, okay, so we, have, we never actually answered the question. Puffed corn versus corned puffs. I guess we'll find out the next time you have us on. Bum, bum, bum. 
hey, the stories, you know, they might take off. And if you have any other stories you think might take off, feel free to email them to us at buriedgenpodcast at gmail.com.